This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey guys, and welcome to this week's episode of Bear Archery's Hunting 101 Podcast. As always, presented by our good friends over at Scenthawk. Guys, it's deer season, the greatest time of year. And I'll tell you what really sets Scenthawk apart for me is the activated carbon for maximum odor absorption. There's a lot of clothes that can keep you warm. There's a lot of clothes that are going to get you into the field and keep you concealed with camouflage. However, not many clothes are made and built to conceal your scent as well as scent locks is. So guys, go check out scent lock. They are, in my opinion, when it comes to whitetail hunting, hands down, the best there is. Guys, I'm joined by a special guest, Mr. Jake Arvold from First Form Outdoors. We have a fun episode. We talk about Jake's start into hunting, which started at a young age. And let me just tell you, he shares one of the greatest stories I've ever heard of a dad getting his boy on an elk hunt. It was really funny, but also really good parenting. It's a fun episode. We talk about just kind of the importance for us about working out and staying healthy, but also about how you don't have to be 10% body fat to kill deer. You don't have to hate your life because of eating nothing but broccoli and chicken. You can have fun, eat a lot of good food, go out and have fun with friends, do a lot of fun stuff, and still live a healthy lifestyle. So guys, it's a fun episode. We talk about his most recent elk hunt, which involves some neutral friends of ours. There's some good stories shared, some lessons learned from the mountain. It's a fun episode. So stay tuned in right here. Welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast, where hunters new and old come to learn and find inspiration from stories of hunts gone by. Everyone is welcome to enjoy the outdoor way of life, and there is no better time to start than right now. So let's head into the great outdoors with your host, Dylan Ray. Guys, if you run any kind of supplement for your deer, which you absolutely should, there are things that deer need. And I have found that when I run supplements for my deer, um, it keeps them on my property so they don't go wandering off onto other properties looking for that thing that they're needing. And so I have just dove fully into running minerals and protein for my deer all year long. Buck Bourbon does supplements and attractants really, really well. Whether you're looking for a long-range attractant like the 110 proof um, or whether you're looking for a feed that you can run all year long in a feeder or um, 
even just on the ground, and they're barrel-proof. Buck Bourbon has what you need. I can tell you story after story of going on to a new 500-acre piece, dumping out some long-range attractant, and deer just coming into it. Guys, it will make a difference in the way that you see your deer come in. So, guys, I would highly encourage you to check out Buck Bourbon. You can use code HUNTING101 in all caps to get 15% off. But I would just encourage you, no matter what, to start running some sort of supplement for your deer. It'll have a happier, healthy herd. You'll keep them on your property more, and you can better manage those deer. Guys, go check out Buck Bourbon. All right, Jake. So before we get too far into this, man, give us a uh, give us an introduction to yourself, dude. What all you do there at First Form and, and uh, kind of how you got there. Heck yeah. No, I appreciate it, man. Appreciate being here, having me on. Um, if you guys don't know already, my name is Jake Arvold, uh, Director of First Form Outdoors here. If you don't First know, Form. now you know. Now you know, <laughs> yo. <laughs> um, the uh, uh, Been here at First Form, uh, September will be, uh, September 28th is five, five years total, which is crazy to think that time has completely flown by like that. Uh, definitely been a whirlwind of time overall. Uh, I moved down from a little small town in central Wisconsin, Emerald, Wisconsin. If you know where it is, it's only a town because it had a corner store with one pump <laughs> and a bar. It's pretty much if it. If you know so, where it is, you've been lost it, before. You, you, yeah, <laughs> exactly. You blink, you miss it. That's exactly. You were lost. <laughs> it's, it's like, this is out of a horror movie. But, More cows than um, people. That's no, that's a fact, a hundred percent there. Um, but yeah, been been down here, St. Louis, for five years. Uh, my wife and I both live down here, just outside of St. Louis, Missouri, a few minutes from uh, First Form headquarters um, on a day to day basis. Uh, my my original and, and core title at headquarters is Legionnaire Coach, and I work with a bunch of Legionnaires externally, external reps within our organization. Uh, coaching them and really working with them how to help other people in their communities live a more healthy, fit, active lifestyle, uh, diet, nutrition, supplementation, all those different pieces. Uh, I've been with First Form really as a whole going on, going to be pushing nine years now. Um, prior to working down here uh, myself, I actually, when I lived up in Wisconsin, uh, I owned a CrossFit gym up there uh, known as the Machine Shed. I started that really, it's a, it's a crazy turn of events, but started that gym because of the CEO, Andy, here uh, at First Form. He had a podcast back then called the MFCO Project, uh, now known really, it's, it's transitioned a little bit, but it's known as the uh, Real AF Podcast. But listening to that, I was in college. It's it was rated number one entrepreneurship leadership podcast in the nation. Um, and I learned a lot about personal development, about just overall fortitude, like what it takes to go through and run a good business. And I was actually um, in college listening to that podcast right before I went into what would be known as the last class I ever walked into. Uh, I walked in, talked to my professor, um, Ryan, and said, dude, I appreciate the hell out of you, but this is going to be the last class I'm here. So after about... Would have been six years of college because I was doing the, the most I could do with the least I could do as far as the credit wise. Um, I ended up dropping out of college, going all in on uh, creating my dream and working towards the CrossFit side of things. Uh, I fell in love with coaching people. Um, you know, I was never the, the fit kid. I was always like I'm, I'm the I call it like the, the fat, flat, fat, fluffy bunny boy. 
of Wisconsin. I'd eat six peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for like a snack. Um, and that was, I was 15 years old wearing size 38 pants. I was not the fit kid. Our workouts were chucking square bales and picking rock. And, um, later in college, I found, found CrossFit, got more into fitness due to my brother and a buddy of mine, my younger brother. And, um, it was just one thing I, I found, I found a love of being able to go through and really have control over what I ate. And also the work that was at hand. And I found out like how much control you actually have over your body and what you're able to do through proper diet, nutrition and all that. Uh, And then I being the dyslexic homeschooler, and that's a whole nother conversation. Um, But diving into that piece, like I was definitely the outcast. Yes, Dude, every single one (laughs) going in. Uh, I can keep going. We can hit every single little thing in here. Um, But, uh, dude, I I look at, I have a a special place, I feel like, in my heart for almost kind of like the misfits in in the world when it comes into people who don't feel like they belong. Uh, People where they feel like kind of outcasts. I didn't have a lot of friends. And it's not a pity card, but didn't have a lot of friends in high school. I wasn't known as the the cool kid or anything like that. I was the one who ate lunch by himself. And I know I said homeschooling, like I was homeschooled all the way up, but I went to a homeschool academy uh, once and twice a week. And, um, you know, I was, I was definitely that shy kid growing up and getting into CrossFit and just functional training in general and working out. um, It gave me a lot of personal self-confidence and I fell in love with coaching people, working with people and helping them, helping them, really understand what they're truly capable of. And then it was just one door led to another as one closed, another one opened. And then years later, I find myself down here at uh, first form headquarters. So it's crazy. It's funny how very opposite stories get you to the same spot. Um, You know, because I was, I was an athlete in high school and uh, did all sorts of sports and activities. And, but then you get out of high school and you almost took advantage of that and I don't want to say being given to you, but you took advantage mm-hmm. of my metabolism and and just you know just being young and active and and then you get to college and you look down and you're like how did I gain fifty pounds like what is right. going on and then yep. it's like then you go through that cycle of like I got to fix something like something has to change mm-hmm. and for me it was an elk hunt I went out to Idaho yeah. and got my tail yeah. kicked and I'm like. Okay, dude. I am not the same kid I was in high school anymore. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is different. And you know, I was only twenty two, yeah. but like I was like, okay, this ain't something's got to give. Like something has to change. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. so it's funny how how just opposite stories get you to the same spot. But I didn't know you were a CrossFit. Have you ever heard of the yeah. CrossFit diet? The Cross. Uh, I feel like this is a joke. Oh, man. I, I don't. I feel like this is a joke. Where are we going? Eat whatever you, eat whatever you want. Cross your fingers and hope your pants fit. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I knew it. Yeah, I, I quote. I talked about you on an on a podcast actually not so long ago. Um, oh man, we were doing one of the uh, one of our Cook Wild episodes, which I just was telling you about. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so we work with uh, Chef Mike Casanetta. If you guys haven't tuned into those episodes, it's phenomenal. Uh, we work with Chef Mike Casanetta, and we were doing game day foods. Like we were just teaching 
the listener how to make some game day foods out of wild game. Mm-hmm. And I do really good on my diet until Saturday. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, and it's not because the weekend and like the kids are home. It's like, it's game day. And like when, when kickoff hits, yep. like I want to have some wings and some pizza and ice cream and cheesecake. Like I want to feast during games, mainly because Arkansas mm-hmm. sucks and I yep. have to find joy in something. So, um, <laughs> I just <laughs> yeah. eating the sorrows, and uh, yep. and I said, <laughs> and I said, if I'm watching a game and my heart doesn't hurt because of what I'm eating, I'm not doing it right. And then I just talked about like, how Jake would be so disappointed in me for saying this. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, I appreciate the honesty all that, the way all how, the way through. You know, yeah, and, and to, you know, to to really be as transparent as I can. Like so many people think, well, I don't want to be on a diet. Life would be boring. Like have a donut guys, like have a piece of pizza, Mm -hmm. but do it in moderation. Like, and that's where my life really has changed tremendously of like, you know, used to during a game, I was going to eat an entire pizza and the eight pack of wings. Like now let's just have two slices and five wings, you know, or let's focus Mm -hmm. more on the wings because it's still getting protein and then just have a, a slice of pizza on the side. Mm-hmm. You know, and so like you can have fun and live a healthy lifestyle. Like it doesn't yeah. mean I gotta yeah. eat broccoli and carrots all the time. Like, dude, you can you can you can still enjoy life. So just get 100%. that out of your mind. Yep. Yeah. Well dude, it's it's funny that you you go into that piece because that's when I when I was in college coming out of um well, out of high school, going into college, like definitely, yeah, what that freshman fifteen is more like freshman fifty. In that kind of sense, yeah. and say, you bro. go in, you dive, dive into it, and dude, not only you you eat like that, it's it's this negative compounding effect where it's like you just you eat to feel good, and then you feel bad that you ate so much, and then you, I mean it's just boom, 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 and there's a lot of different things that ultimately happen. And all you do is um, sit and play Xbox, so you're not doing bro, anything. Else. My brother and I, we we got warned by netflix netflix emailed us and asked us if we were okay because we worked like separate schedules so it never shut off <laughs> like it was like i don't think netflix would ever do this but they definitely checked in to just see like are you okay it was wild. well i'll tell you what was um, really bad was when you when you start college you gain weight and when you oh, get yeah. married you gain weight i got married my no. junior year of college so it like all compounded <laughs> into this one big mess, bro. Like it was yep, like, yep. what happened to yep. your life, dude? Yep. 100%. Like, yeah. Like I had, I had done that. lap disease. Like my belly yep. done lapped over my belt. And I was like, what done is this? Over. Done so, <laughs> uh, Man, I'm learning all I'm sorts you of different. Episodes, <laughs> yeah, you're giving all, yeah, you're giving me all of them. It's freaking awesome. <laughs> um, no, but it's, I want like circle back into the, the elk piece, like, I started my fitness journey uh, literally when I was in college, as most people, we, my buddies and I, you know, I started in the bodybuilding side of it. And the um, we always say like ex-girlfriends build bodybuilders. Well, I went through that whole like bad breakup. I was like, go in, bodybuild side of things or the traditional workouts, got into that. And then you know, I actually, I missed an elk hunt because I was training for a bodybuilding show. And it was this elk hunt that got dropped on me like last minute. And it's the one, it's one of those trips that it's like, I'll never let this ever happen again in my life. Right. And it was, I was so many weeks out from the show and it's like, Hey, we're going to go. I just couldn't justify going after training and literally changing my life. Cause it was a very, like it was a pivotal point in my life and just my own personal journey and figuring out what I was capable of. And, um, 
But after I got done with that show, I was like, cool, that's done. I'm never letting that go through and stop me from doing what I want to do again. Um, then one of my, my friends are actually the gal who trained me for that show and gave me like, help me with diet nutrition ended up, um, starting a CrossFit gym. And she asked me if I wanted to coach. I was like, "Whoa, this is back when like CrossFit was like, that's like Anakin going to the dark side kind of thing. Yeah. Like you don't do that kind of stuff. And I went and had, did my first workout, crushed me, destroyed me. And I was like, I thought I was in shape right at that point in time. And I, in my mind at that moment, I was like, you know what? I love going out West elk hunting. Um, I live this a very, I mean, active lifestyle in the Midwest. This is, yeah, this is what is going to prepare me for this. If I can't go through and, you know, do this little 400 meter lap and come back and do these overhead squats and literally have to break it down to just a barbell, right? Like it's not going to work. Like what you thought you were fit, you're not kind of thing. You might look the piece, but can you actually do the work? And um, that's, that was kind of the catalyst that started into that piece. And then of course, starting the gym because of Andy and everything here. Um, it's just, it's funny how, like you said, doesn't matter where you're at. What I, I believe in is like you <clears throat> as a kid and as you go through life, people have decisions like they have this, this overall goal and kind of dream internally within them of what they work towards. And if that, that goal or that dream is relevant enough or they have enough belief in themselves, like even though they might doubt themselves in moments, there's opportunities that are presented to us every single day, like every single day. It's whether or not you take, you take the door that's opened or you walk past it. Right. And that I believe like no matter where you're at, ultimately will lead you to where you want to go. And I don't know about you in this sense, but like I'm a big believer in the aspect of just like the law of attraction and you get back what you put out and, you know, just, I mean, dive into the, the sense of faith and just, there's a lot of different things that ultimately come, um, come to fruition when you, put those good pieces out into the world, it comes back. And I've seen, I've, I've seen it happen. Right. And yeah, different parts absolutely. of my life and individuals within my life. It's wild. Absolutely, man. And that, you know, that goes back to kind of about the diet too, um, where I said, you know, I, mm-hmm. I still enjoy life and the same is true for working yeah. out. Like I got asked one time, um, I was, this guy was filming a, for his fitness YouTube channel. And he says, yeah. um, why do you, why do you train? Why do you work out? And I said, simply to hunt. Like, I, I want to be a better hunter. I want to be a better outdoorsman. Mm-hmm. I want to be a better father. I want to be a better, uh, husband. I want to, I want, I just want to do life better. And, uh, mm-hmm. so if that's my real answer, well, then that means that there will be times I don't get to work out because I'm doing those other things. Like mm-hmm. if I train to, if I train to hunt, that I'm never going to like miss a cold front because, oh, dude, it was leg day, bro. I got to hit the gym. Like, no, I'm going to yeah. go hunt. Like, because the only reason yeah. I ever go to the gym in the first place is to hunt more effectively. So why would I? And same, tr- like, you know, I'm not going to miss a kid's baseball game because I'm like, well, sweetheart, I got to hit the gym, you know? Like, no, mm-hmm. I do this so I can be a better father. So like the same is true about working out. Like just because you decide, okay, I want to change my life. I want to live better. I want to be a little more fit, a little more active, a little more disciplined. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you're all of a sudden a robot and it's like, oh crap, it's three o'clock on Friday. I got to hit legs. Like, yeah, that, that, that's not how it works. Like, I promise no. you, when I go on an elk hunt, I'm going to miss a week of working out. Like, when it's November, 
I'm going to train maybe five days in all of November because I'm going to be in a mm-hmm. tree. Like that's just how it goes. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not to say too, like, Oh crap, I've fallen down. I messed up. Um, I'm out of the game. Just keep working out. Like, mm-hmm. Just get back at it. Mm-hmm. You missed a week for vacation. Yeah. It's all right. Get back at it. Um, so guys, I, I want to take just a second to just say this. I believe in first form products. Here's why I'm tired. And Jake, you don't have to say anything because you might get in trouble if you pitch in here. I'm tired of overpriced garbage supplements just because they're marketed to the outdoors. Um, I'm tired of watered down crappy supplements and I'm not going to say any names, but there's a reason I don't use those products because they're overpriced and watered down and they're just marketed for outdoors. First form Mm -hmm. is a supplement company and a world-class supplement company, if I might add, making some of the best products. If you walk into a GNC or a supplement giant, and ask them, well, which protein shot are you using? They're going to mention First Form because it's a phenomenal product. But they're a phenomenal supplement company that support hunters and are outdoorsmen themselves. So I enjoy First Form products. There's a link in the bio of, of the description of this episode where you can get some First Form products for yourself and try them out. Um, if you got any questions about what I use or why, shoot me a message. Uh, message me on Instagram. Shoot me an email. My email has been shared on the podcast several times. Shoot me an email, text me, call me, whatever, and I will share with you some of the products I use. Does that link give them a discount? It doesn't go through, but it will be, it's all free shipping over $75 or more. So perfect. You guys will get free shipping. Money right there. But guys, I promise you, like you will be happy with, hey, and listen, bro, I'm like a 12 year old white girl when it comes to that pumpkin spice protein, dude. Oh, yeah. Well, you should have bought more of them because it's sold out quick. I hate it. (laughs) I don't like anything pumpkin spice. But, bro, I will throw down on that, dude. My friend friend was making fun of me the other day, and I'm like, you can shut up, dude, because this stuff tastes like fall. (laughs) Yeah. Wait wait until uh, peppermint bark comes out around Christmas. So that shit's fire. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. My favorite ice Um, cream on planet Earth. My favorite ice cream oh, on yeah. planet Earth is peppermint ice cream. I love peppermint ice cream. And I don't know if you've got Welcome one, to the party. But Ninja Creamies are like a life-saving, the greatest Dude. thing ever made on planet Earth. And yep, So I will yep. be using if you, peppermint if you go through in the cream. Dude, make it. That's I literally, we got one. My oh. This is my, my wife and I's relationship to a T. She bought a Ninja Creamy, said it was for me. <laughs> But she definitely wanted her for, for herself throughout the pregnancy and that she just wanted a reason to be able to have ice cream throughout the pregnancy and everything. So our relationship is this. I, I freeze it. it and put it in the freezer. I come home and then she ate it. And I'm like, girl, that ate was it. my yep. pumpkin yep. spice 100%. Yep. ice cream. Yep. Um, yeah. So click but, the link in the bio, know. pick up your first form products. I promise you, you're going to be happy uh, because they are phenomenal products. They're not just some supplement company that brands and the markets into the outdoors. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate it, dude. Uh, the uh, one thing I want to go through and add to that and just with, with everyone there, um, know that, you know, my entire piece of even going through and creating first from outdoors and bridging the gap into the outdoor space, like really connecting people, like people together, right? I'm, Firm believer, like live a lifestyle allows you to experience more of the outdoors. We're not here to just go through and pass it on, right? Like I, it's, I look at it as like we hear that a lot, and that's you know 
from my grandfather to my dad, everyone was like, Hey, you got to pass on the outdoor heritage. And that's what I heard a lot. Both my grandfathers are no longer here. One taught me how to hunt. The other one taught me how to fly fish. And, you know, I spent a lot of time with, with all those individuals and you'll see, you know, I, I talk a lot about those different things, just even through my own platforms. And, you know, I look at it, there's a lot of times where both of those individuals that, you know, if we would have traded in some of that water for a little less whiskey or, you know, go for a 45 minute walk on a day to day basis, like I'm, I'm a firm believer that one of them would still be here today and we would be able to go out and have more experiences and really pass on more of the outdoor heritage. Because I'd love to have more of those conversations that, you know, ultimately have been cut too short. And I look at this as like, you can't pass on the outdoor heritage if you're dead. Right. And right. I love both of those guys. And I know they're looking down. They're looking down, down on it. And they're smiling. The last words I ever told to, to one, uh, Grandpa Arbold, like, you know, right there, could hardly go through, move, um, could hardly talk. And I was just like, I'm going to make you proud. And that's something that always sticks in the back of my head. And I look at like, what can we do in the outdoor space? It's the products, you guys, they're tools. They're like your, your stands and your sticks. And I've been to a couple of different events where I talk to different people and people are trying to lighten their load and all this different stuff and, you know, become more efficient hunters, whether you're going out West or you're in the Midwest, it doesn't matter. What happens if you go through and lose 10 pounds, 20 pounds, how much more effective or efficient would you be? And one, how many more years are we going to be able to add to this, this entire heritage piece and the experiences we can have with kids, grandkids, um, as time goes on and you, you tie into the, the product piece, like one, if you guys ever have issues with products in like in the first form side of things, everything's 110% money back guarantee. Like if you don't absolutely love it, like to a T, do not love it. We'll go through, take it back, replace it, throw an extra 10% on top of it for the trouble overall. And that's like, that's just our, our piece of like, we're here to make sure you have the absolute best to help you on your journey. Like your, your goals are what we care about. And supplements are just there to help fill those gaps that are in there to help you achieve those goals out on you. Now, <clears throat> you think about supplementation itself, like in just this, this ecosystem, what you're going through and kind of talking about is that like all the products are made and manufactured here in St. Louis, Missouri. They're made in an FDA SQF level three facility, checked as raw goods coming in and finished products going out. So like if it's on a label, that's exactly what's in there. There's nothing else added. There's nothing else taken out. It's 100% that. And when I think about us coming into the outdoor space where I've watched my family and friends go through and be bombarded with all this different, you know, just propaganda, lies, false, like just crash diets and all these different like fads is my hope in coming into this space is I believe in the tide rises all ships. And hopefully with us coming into it, I'm not here to bash any other companies. I know actually I have friends and different people in different companies and organizations out there, but we're here, we're here to play ball. And I'm like, as we move into this space, I hope that it goes through and ultimately pushes everyone to just raise to a higher standard overall. So that's just my two cents on it. So. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the Midwest. Yeah. Because as, as you and I have shared in recent conversation, it's missed. Like, 80% of hunters are white tail hunters. But yet when you think about the fit guy or working out, trained to hunt, you think about Utah, you think about elk hunting, mm -hmm. you think about sheep hunting. 
Well, listen, dude, if I can get to my tree stand four minutes quicker and less sweaty, I'm going to hunt better. Like, it's just, it's a fact, dude. And like, there has been so many times where like, I'm walking to a tree and yeah, we're in Kansas, dude. There is no elevation. There is no, but it's still 20 degrees outside. And when my lungs are better prepared, I can get there more successfully. And it's like, why wouldn't I want to do that? Like, why wouldn't I want to just be the best I can? Um, yeah. And the same is true for like getting a deer in the back of your truck. Like I love that. Mm-hmm. Hey, if I need to, if nobody else is here, I can deadlift this deer and get in the back of my truck. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, before my fitness journey really began, I couldn't have done that. I, yeah. It just wasn't a, it wasn't in the question for me. Um, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, I mean, it's like, you become more resilient, right? hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. That's you, that, you look at that. It's like, you can, you can go out and like get after, get after the animals. Like, do you need to be, you know, rip six pack, a lot of stuff to go through and kill a whitetail or kill a turkey or any, anything like that and get, get after it. No, you don't. Right. Nope. But how much more enjoyable would it be if you are healthy, fit? You know, there are numerous times in the Midwest where we're going out and doing it, you know, a deer drive or, you know, we're going up and my grandpa's going to come around and, you know, go, we're going to go walk through the woods. And he's like, oh, I'll just stay here. And my, this whole piece is like, hey, no one's left at the trailhead. Right. Like nobody left alone. Like nobody left behind. Like nobody's left at the trailhead. Like we're all here to go out and get into the outdoors together and move no matter how old you are, how young you are, wherever you're at, the, you, you look at that piece to where it just allows for more experiences overall. Right. And the, whether you're dragging the deer out, you're hauling your stand in, you know, it's winter time out. Like if you're sweating profusely, next thing you know, you're cold. Like there's a lot of different factors. You don't even think that actually apply to, you know, that would actually be benefit, like benefiting you if you were more fit or more healthy, but then just also having tools that, I mean, think of the the snacks, like this is the Midwest piece. Like when I think of Midwest, like Hunter, right. And I would say a majority of people do, they think the beer drinker, cheese curd eating individual, they're going to Casey's, they're going to go have the ho-hos, they're drinking the Mountain Dew. Like, it's like, what kind of stigma are we creating for ourselves? Right. That's not one I want to pass down to my kids. Right. So like what, you know, story are we telling right now? That's how I look at it. So, well, and that's dude, it's, you know, like you said, I don't want to tell my kids that because I've got a 12 year old and for some reason, Mm -hmm. middle school volleyball is super competitive. I don't know why, but like we get into middle school and just playing volleyball now and it's like, Oh, we got tournaments every weekend and we're doing all this and we have 6 a.m. practices and I'm like, 6 a.m. for a 12 year old? Are you kidding me? But spike on some <laughs> I'm like, you know, they can't even jump over the net yet. Right. Um, <laughs> but no, it's super competitive. And like, you know, I'm starting to have these conversations with my kid and I'm like, Hey honey, like let's go out to the garage, which is where the gym's at. Let's go out to the garage and start getting your jump higher. Let's, let's train your legs to jump mm-hmm. higher. It's like, you can train to jump. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, you know, yep. talking to her and I'm like, sweetheart, you know, like if you really want to do this, like we watch what we eat. Like, you know, the day, the two hours before a game, we're not eating pretzels and nachos and a hot dog. Like if we want to play the best we can, 
All right, guys. Sorry for the delay and the camera switch to this uh, garbage <laughs> Mac camera. Techno- technology never works when yeah, you want it to. I, I don't know how your camera <laughs> dies when it's plugged in to be charging, but it says battery exhausted. So, um, but yeah. Um, so that's just you know. Again, we don't want to share those messages to our kids. You know, we're, we're preaching to them one thing, but then they watch us and they're like, but dude, you just sucked down three Snickers and a ho-ho at the gas station. Yep. And that was before dinner. Yep. That was on our way to dinner. Like, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you're 100% right, man. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, at that that age, and I mean, my wife and I, we're, we're expecting, you know, our first little girl here in November. Um, I planned that one out perfect, apparently. I, dude, but, I did the same thing. You know? Here's yeah. what sucks, dude. And I had said it on like many public platforms. Like Dylan, if you had to pick one day to hunt, what would it be? And I always said November 7th. That was always my day. And mm-hmm. I actually, um, I don't remember who it was that put out this article, but basically they questioned like 10 of the most big buck known killers. Like it was like Bill Winky and um, I don't even remember who all was on there now. Jeff Danker and just some mm-hmm. Dude, she just killed giants. And like four of yeah. them said November 7th. And then I had a kid born November 7th. November On the 7th. Day, of course. I was like, you got a stinking kid. <laughs> so awesome. you and I, guys, uh, listen, uh, yep. Valentine's Day is nine months before the rut. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, be careful what you do, boys. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, Man, but yeah, no, you, you, you look at that, like, you know, having, having a new little one on the way, you having kids, like do that, it becomes very, very vividly clear. Um, and I don't even, you know, have mine yet, but I look at my two nephews up in Wisconsin, like, do they are so, so involved and life is so much, it's just larger than life to all of them. I was up, you know, hunting with my two nephews his first year my one nephew Liam was able to go through and um to hunt and he came out and we went and got a doe and everything together which was awesome but you know we we spent the morning fishing and then we went out hunting and when we went through and caught he's I went and caught a couple smallmouth bass and he's just like man uncle Jake you're like like the fishing god like just catching you know <laughs> catch your fish i was like yeah don't forget that and make sure papa knows that too right like yeah. <laughs> make sure grandpa understands who knows um That's but hilarious. you you do that like do those moments and those memories like that like it's just imprinting those different pieces and one that's it's so cool to be able to take those experiences out and have them out there but also you know the food you eat while you're at deer camp right the you know the decisions you make in those times, like I'm a firm believer, like dude, oatmeal cream pies. Like one of my goals is to come out with a level one bar oatmeal cream pie. And I will, like that's, I'm like, we're going to make this thing. Um, and it'll be fire because dude. I know like that's my, my vice when I go out. <laughs> You're going to start a riot, dude. Oh my right? gosh. Dude, freaking. But it's, we, you, you said earlier, don't, you know, you can have the donut a hundred percent. Like I'm, still the the fat kid at heart, right? I'll have, you know, the creamy to where I can have, you know, the ice cream pieces, but I'll still, I'll enjoy an ice cream here and there with my wife, right? I'll go out and have dinner. I don't like keep myself from having, you know, a nice dinner or steak dinner with her. 
you know, I go through, I utilize, of course, like I'll use the, the first form app and track my macros and that in there. But even with that, that helps me stay a little bit more on track to where I'll swipe things out and I'll go have dinner with her. I'll have a donut with her. I might go over a little bit. Okay, cool. But we get right back on, you know, the next day. And it's like, what, you know, don't sacrifice the small moments that create the large memories. Yeah. Right. So. Well, and for me, it's like, you know, I look at the green, I don't look at day to day. So it's like, you know, Saturday, if Arkansas is playing, like I'm going to be a little more strict Wednesday, Thursday, Mm -hmm. Friday. That way Saturday I can have some fun, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's how I look Mm -hmm. at it. And and again, you know, I just, I just want to enjoy life and I have no desire Never have had a desire to be twelve percent, ten percent, eight percent body fat. Don't really care. Right. I want to be healthy mm-hmm. to enjoy life with my kids, and I want to hunt a lot. That's that's how I yep. live. Um, but when you ask a guy, you know, I asked, I asked Harveyvers, who's eighty-two, probably. Hey, how are you still able to hunt? What do you equate that to? And he said, I still resistance mm-hmm. train every day. And I was like, Love dude, it. like. That's it right there. Um, mm-hmm. So how does how did this journey how did this journey start for you? First off, let's just go because I want to I want to get into where training and diet collide with the hunting for you. But how mm-hmm. did the hunting start for you? Where tell me about? I mean, I know it's your grandparents, your grandpas, but mm-hmm. tell me about that start. Yeah, dude, it started. Um, I mean, very fortunate and blessed for the family that I grew up in to where I had, you know, grandparents, you know, that hunted, fished. Um, but then, you know, grew up on a farm, the middle of Wisconsin and my dad, um, you know, he actually went to school down here in Missouri, which is wild. So he's already pointed me out in different like public land spots as I'm down here. But a lot of it came with dad, you know, dad was willing. And, you know, even though I might've been an antsy little boy or things like that, like, you know, I looked at dad as like larger than life and like, he was, he was my superhero. Right. And he would take me out. And I just, I remember being, I couldn't tell you how old I was. I had to been, I couldn't have been very old, but he would literally, we had this little stand up at the cabin in Northern Wisconsin, up excellent Wisconsin, another small little one pump kind of corner store. There's a trend going on with my family in that That's sense. That's how Wisconsin right? is, bro. <laughs> just, just get lost. Yeah, it's pretty much it. And you'll be there. Um, but, you know, just <clears throat> this this stand where it was a couple pallets put together and it was just like a triangle between three trees. And I remember being wrapped up in a freaking, you know, sleeping bag and him freaking carrying me up the tree stand and he'd shove me down in the corner. Right. And I'd be down there playing with a Lego or something. Right. And he'd just be like, do you hear that? It's a buck. Right. I keep doing it. I was like, friggin' my eyes would probably be, you know, 10 feet wide and there was never anything there. There was nothing there. Right. He just wanted me to be quiet. Um, but it's, it's a cool piece. Like dad always took time. Right. He always allowed me to go with and do those different things, um, to where I was able to go spend time in a tree stand or I'd ride with him in the tractor when we were farming. And, you know, like, got for me to like, I actually found it the other day. I was cleaning out, uh, my, my basement. And I have this, you know, this, uh, folder where it has literally I have a sheet of paper that has the entire back 40 of our farm laid out. And I have every deer trail, water hole and everything. And this is probably when I was like 11 years old. Like I had that entire thing charted 
right? That's where cool. they move, where they go. Um, and when I was younger, like my goal was always like, like everyone else wanted to be police officer, firefighter, like kids want to be these different things when they grow up and that I'm like, I'm going to be a professional hunter. And I was number one, like, I'm going to do this. And I'd watch, you know, these different guys and different shows with dad. And, um, that's really where the love of it all took, took over there. Um, and then dad went in and got in dad from college always went out to Colorado with buddies and they, that's where I got involved with like elk hunting and all that. Um, dad actually, uh, would go out every year and I would get so upset because it's like, dad's going on this epic trip and you're not taking me with you kind of thing. Right. And I'd ask him, like, I remember I'd go through, I asked him when I was six, I asked him when I was seven and I asked him when I was eight. And when I was eight years old, dad, cause he said, Nope, gotta be a little bit older. Gotta be a little bit older. Right. Gotta just get a little bit older. You need to be able to take care of yourself. And I literally asked him, I was eight years old. I said, what do I got to do? You know, I'm sure I said it differently, but it's like, what do I got to do to go with you on the trip? Right. It's like, well, you need to be able to take care of yourself. Like if something happened to dad back in the middle of nowhere, right. We're back a long ways out something bad happens to dad. Like you have to be able to get yourself out. Do you think you could get yourself out? It's like, yeah, a hundred percent. I'm eight. Right. Like, of course I can do that. He's like, all right, well, guy, yeah, my, my dad was not, I, he was very, he gave us opportunities as kids to go through and prove ourselves and really forge our own path in that sense. And he said, okay, well, if you want to go on the elk hunting trip this year, you have to go and you have to saddle up asbestos or big white mule, right? Um, you have to saddle them up. You have to ride to the back of the big pines, which are these 400 year old pines we had. They're about a mile across the way from the farm. You have to ride all the way out there. You have to set up your camp, put up your tent, stay the entire night by yourself and then come back in the morning. It's like, all right, sounds good. Right. Your dad is so, a G, bro. My dad is not my my buddy, a couple of buddies met him on an elk trip this year, and they said, Your your dad would put everyone at the like Yellowstone crew to shame. Like Dad <laughs> sounds that. like a straight dad's, up gangster, bro. Dad dad is yeah, he is. We need more so, dads like Father Marvel, that's for sure. hundred percent. The world would be in a better place. So um, dude, I went out. I saddle up asbestos and this is a mule where I'd like you push the saddle over him, Right. And then I'd walk underneath his legs and strap it on, pull the saddle down, like things, 28 hands high and huge compared to me at eight years old. And then I'd grab the horn. I'd pull myself up on this, this thing. And sometimes I'd be able to walk him up next to something and step up onto the saddle, packed up my, my, uh, saddle bags, had my tent in there, had a sleeping bag in there rode my happy little ass all the way over to the other side of the field. And, uh, dude, I, I felt like the king of the, the mountain already. I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to Colorado, right? Like we're going on this hunt and we get out there. Or I get out there. I tie up asbestos pack, you know, set up my tent, get everything set. Perfect. I put a little fire together. I started a fire and I'm sitting out there just in, in my own, like, being in the woods, I've always had a sense of peace. Like the dark, like nighttime will play games with me and that, or it used to, as it does for any kid. But 
like I've always loved just being in the silence, right? And listening to the woods come alive when you're quiet, right? Like there's so much activity that happens that people pass by on a day-to-day basis. So I always found that fascinating, even at a young age. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, yep, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to Colorado. All I have to do is sleep in my tent. I already got my tent set up. Like we're good to go. Goes in. (laughs) I go into the tent, fall asleep. Like one, two in the morning, one of the largest storms I've ever had been a part of in my life rolls in. And it is flashing lightning, thunder, pouring rain. The wind picks up. It sounds like these pine trees are going to fall over on top of me. And I'm like, I'm not going in. This is like one, two in the morning. I'm just like, not going in. I'm not going in. You can make it. You can make it. I just remember talking to myself and, um, he, uh, or I I'm there. And next thing I know, friggin' tent breaks over tents filling with water. I'm still like, I'm not going in. (laughs) I'm not going in. My sleeping bag becomes fully saturated with water. And I'm like, and I just like start, I'm like, I need to go. Like, I need to go in. I can't stay here. So like in this walk of shame or ride of shame, I saddle asbestos. I look outside asbestos. I have my headlamp. Asbestos is just staying in there. He's just the big gentle giant. He's like hanging out. Yeah. He's like, what are you? Yeah, exactly. He's, he's, yeah, exactly. So I saddle up asbestos and I didn't take the longest ride of shame all the way back to the house. And I remember getting back and I was so dad find out dad's been sitting on the front porch, essentially waiting. Mom's probably freaking out saying like, go get him. Right. And all this stuff. It's like, no, he's good. He'll make it. He's good. And sure enough, I ride back and like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, I'll do it again. I can do it. I can make it. And like, he's like, well, he's like, what'd you learn? And I was like, put my tent up better. <laughs> like, just make sure it's, it doesn't fall over kind of thing as a kid. And um, he's like, well, you know, we talked a little bit and I was like crying. So I was so frustrated and just upset with it. And he's like, you made it in. Didn't go as planned, but you made it out. You can go to Colorado. Right. And I went, I would cloud nine. Right. So been Dude, going ever since. Your dad is awesome, bro. I need to know your dad. Yeah. I see how. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I honestly don't know why you're on the podcast and not your dad. Like I'm just hey, It's honestly, it'd be better. It would, now, it would be, it would be good. See there, when you talk about like playing the blind as a kid, like that is me as a dad, like just last Friday, crazy cool story. I, I had told my son all day long. I'm like, hey, I want to take you out hunting. He's like, yeah, let's do it. He hunted with me last year. It was his first year, but this year he's five. And so, like, I didn't yeah. have high hopes. And, like, I know, and I'd already told my wife, I'm like, you know, I'm not going to go in and, like, booger up number one spot. So, like, we're going to sit in a blind away mm-hmm. from the deer movement, but we'll see a lot of deer from a ways off. And so he'll have fun. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, we get home, he gets home, and I'm like, all right, bub, you ready to roll? And my daughter, who's six, she's like, well, I'm going too. And I'm like, I don't, I, sooner I can't take you. Like, there's, there's no way we'll even see here if I've got a six year old and a five year old in the blind. And she's mm-hmm. like, well, how can we always take Tucker? And I'm like, cause he's my bro. Like, anyways. And so I take them both. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Let's go. And so the whole time yep. they're sitting on the floor of the blind, like playing on an iPad and having fun. I'm like, guys, you gotta be quiet. Guys, stop moving. Guys, quit standing up. Guys, don't throw that. Don't eat that. Whatever. 
<laughs> and sure enough, like we just start seeing deer parade across there. And and I'm like, they're watching deer from a ways off and they're going right by my tree stand. I'm like, man, I really wish I was actually hunting. And uh, they're going right by my tree stand. I'm like, but they were loving it, you know? Yep. And yep. then they both get set back down and I get them quiet. And I, I, as soon as I get them quiet, I look up and there's a doe at four yards in front of us. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what just, what is happening right now? And so I, <laughs> I got, she finally turns around. So I'm like, all right, I tell Tucker, my boy, I'm like, Tucker's And so he'll like stand up a little bit. I'm like, no, no, stop, don't move. And then I'm like, all right, come on. So I get him up and he's looking at her. He's like, bro. And I'm like, yeah. No. And then I get Harper halfway up. And I've already got my arrow knocked. Like I'm here's here's the the situation that went through my head. I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna torch this deer. And then I'm like, kids, we just shot a deer. And they'll still be pumped. But I'm like, you know what? If mm-hmm. I'm gonna bring my kids out to watch me shoot a deer, like I want them to see me shoot the deer. And so if I can't do it with mm-hmm. them watching, like what's the point? And so I get Harper, like most of her head is up, but she takes the last little stand up and the deer turns and looks right at her. I'm like, no. So I'm like, I'm like, and the deer just jumps off. And I type 34. And I'm like, well, I still shoot at her, which is awful skittish. No, so, but it was just really cool, man. And so kudos to your dad, dude. Like, and that's what's so hard, you know, it's, it's so hard. It takes extra time. Like it takes extra work. It takes extra effort, but like it's worth it, dude. Cause somebody had mm-hmm. to put in that extra time and effort for you. And so like, yeah. I, I'm all for it, dude. I'm like, if Tucker wants to go, let's roll, dude. I'm like, you want to go yeah. kill turkeys? Let's roll. I'm taking him on a bear yeah. hunt. Like I'm going to Idaho yeah. on a bear hunt. And like, I'm like, Hell Hey, yeah. you're going to sleep in a wall tent for a week and eat, and eat mountain house meals. You want to practice that for a day yeah. or two? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, let's do it. And I'm like, all right. And my wife's yeah. like, you're taking a bear hunting? No. I'm like, yeah, we're going to Yeah. <laughs> But like, yeah, dude, that's, those are memories. Like you can't put a price on that. Not right. They're memories or moments. Like you look at that, like, that's one thing like dad definitely, definitely did good. It's like, it's, it's not that he had the time. It's he made the time and ultimately like, yeah, it might not be the perfect scenario or might not get, you know, the monster buck that's chasing, but honestly, like look at, you know, society nowadays, like honestly, it'd be a lot better off. Yeah. I mean, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. It's like if you have parents and we live in such a day where it's go, 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 go to where when we have that split second, most parents are like, oh, well, no, I got this is me time. Well, we want to create the bigger impact. It's like, let's go through and allow them to be a part of it. Right. Not just, you know, shove them off to have someone else watch them. Well, and this this deer here by no means is a big deer. Um, honestly, though, he was the deer I was chasing because he was eight and a half years old and needed to be killed. But I took my son with me. We we're in Oklahoma and uh, I'm like, hey, babe, I'm going to run down to the Oklahoma farm for a couple of days. I'm going to take Tuck. She's like, yeah, you can't take him. He's going to wake up at 5 a.m. every morning. I'm like, he'll be fine. And so we go down and hunt and and we got to shoot it. But I don't even know if this camera is good. That's even hey, I, can, I can pick it up. Um, but, dude, that deer, it means so much to me because my son was actually with me. Like, yep. you know, he's, he yep. got to see it. He got to be a part of it. He got to track it. First words out of his mouth. First words, Dad can eat his body. I'm like, hundred percent, we can. First words out of his mouth. Second words out of his mouth. Dude. Can I put his head on my wall? And I'm like, 
Sure. Yeah. Let's yeah. do it. hundred percent. Yeah. Dude, that was my nephews. When we went up, I got that dough with Liam and, uh, then his little brother, Bennett who comes out it's five comes out later on helps, you know, go through the whole gutting process and all that stuff. And they're watching it and I'm showing Liam, you know, he helped me go through and ultimately, you know, got this deer out. We go to Walmart on the way back. Cause I just needed to get a cooler to be able to put her in and, uh, dude, little Bennett, like larger than life. And he's got this huge personality. The the checkout gal who was there, it's like, Oh, what are you guys doing? It's like, we shot a deer. We pulled its guts out. It's like, I held the heart is like, and just like going through everything. And she's like, Oh my gosh, you are so brave. You're going to have so many stories to tell your friends at school. Like, <laughs> well, dude, I, like, told yes, one, he is. I told one person at two and Tucker, I think was three. And I took him out mm-hmm. to gut a deer with me. I came back to get him. I'm like, Hey, I just shot a deer. Why don't you come help me find it and got it. And um, the videos were hilarious of watching him watch me gut this deer. The things he said was just incredibly comical. But yeah. Um, yeah. And I had this lady, I, I had her say, that's that's not appropriate to take a three-year-old to watch that. And I said, well, ma'am, honestly, it would have done a lot of good for you had your dad and my wife just shut up. And I'm like, no, ma'am, you're probably right. <laughs> Never mind. Oh my goodness. Now you just got back from an elk hunt with old Papa Arvold, who's now my hero, just so you know. Um, yeah. How'd that go? <laughs> Anybody kill anything? Oh man, dude, it was uh it was a phenomenal trip. It was actually um the it was so my dad in the last, I believe it's in the last thirty four years, he has missed three elk three years elk hunting out of those thirty four. So um, my big piece is like, I don't know how many more years I get with yeah. him doing those different things. I have a goal and a, like a mission to, um, take him on a, a special hunt that he doesn't know of. And I don't think he just doesn't know of it. So I'm not even going to talk about it in case he follows his podcast side of things or he ends up jumping on in those areas. Um, but there's different things I want to be able to do and experience that I want to be able to have with him. Um, the, so this is like this year and years moving forward. Like, I don't care what's going on with work or what's going on in life. Like I will take that, you know, that week of time to go out and, you know, do an elk hunt or, you know, do different things. And I'd like to try to do different things with him outside of just elk hunting to have different experiences there. Um, but he came out, uh, I, well, with that, I actually, you know, a few other individuals who have helped to support first from outdoors, I invited them to come along. So I'm like, you know what? I want to do this and create a heritage camaraderie as we build out first from outdoors. And it's going to be individuals that I ultimately trust right along the way that even if we don't get something, we're going to have a great time. We'll be able to, we'll be able to go through push hard and have some great conversations around the campfire and just that overall camaraderie piece. So the, uh, the crew was awesome. There was nine of us total. My dad and two brothers ended up coming out. Um, I had AJ, Jonathan, Dale, uh, myself, we all went out early. Uh, we had a bunch, we had bulls talking. Uh, they were all hung up on, uh, private land where we first went. Um, and then we worked them for four, four days. And then, uh, we went out on a Wednesday. We hunted through Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Dad was supposed to come in on Sunday. So we were going to meet him at a new spot. Um, we decided to up camp and then go to wilderness area, um, just outside of Glenwood Springs and, uh, got back into some 
rough territory. And I was excited for that. Cause I'm like, these guys, if they don't go through and resent me a little bit through this trip. So like, none of them ever right. been on elk, hunt, on elk hunts before? Dale and AJ had never been on an elk hunt. So it was both their personal goals. And I wanted to be able to, you know, share that experience with them. Yeah. Um, the other guys had gone out hunting, but had never, had not been successful in that. Uh, we had a buddy, Joe, phenomenal dude who actually is a local, never met him before in my life, um, outside of like through social media. And we did pass, um, pass by each other, um, up at the HHA USA event. Um, and he actually helped kind of give us some pointers out there. Cause the zone we normally go down in Southern Colorado towards Pagosa Springs, all those zones switched. So this year I was like trying to find different places and we'll no, normally go out to wilderness areas just because we can go further back in and we'll trailer the mules out from Wisconsin to pack back in. So, uh, connected with Joe, those guys, we all went out earlier and then dad was supposed to be out there on went on Sunday with my two brothers and they ended up, they got five miles outside of town, drive shaft dropped out from the truck. Oh so gosh. they had to do that. And the guys were worried. So like, cause they knew that dad was bringing mules to go further into this wilderness area kind of thing. They're like, I just looked down. I said, nah, that's all right. They'll have it welded up and fixed in the next day. So they will be on their way. Don't worry. They're freaking out. Like, what are they going to do? <laughs> I was like, they'll get it figured out. So they ended up doing that on the trip out as well. Uh, they got into the path, like coming up through the, the pass and everything ended up having a fuel pump go out on the truck. So that took another day They had to go through, fix that piece. They got out on Wednesday. Um, so we were able to connect up with them at that point. We had already hiked in to the wilderness area and dude, it was, we didn't end up getting anything, but I'm super pumped to be able to share the story. Like I had a buddy come down from Idaho and film the whole thing. And then my brother, Nick, who's phenomenal photographer, videographer, um, he came out and he's actually putting together an entire like story from everything we captured through the weekend or through the week. And, um, but we, before the, the family got out there, I took the crew of guys out and do we, I, I worked them really good. They, Dale, Dale and AJ and all the guys learned what bivouacking was just right under the stars, <laughs> sleeping bag. Like that, you should see that the looks on the face. I can't wait because we have like it all filmed. It's like we're doing what? It's like yeah, just roll it out. No tents. We're going up. Like we're gonna be going right up that tomorrow morning because we went in. We hiked in in the dark. Got to a spot to where I wanted to be able to jut up into a, a saddle, and uh, we bivouacked it there. Next morning, got up. <laughs> Dale's face. He's like. That was not fun. You could tell you didn't get much sleep <laughs> through, that, through that piece. Um, Did AJ so, bring coffee though? At least, like he had. Oh, no he brought like he, he brought like ten bags. Okay, <laughs> he all brought right. all the coffee. If not, yeah. like we're gonna there was. Issues. Yeah. Oh, I would, yeah. There would have definitely been. That was one. My dad's one rule was, if AJ was gonna come along, he had to go through and bring the coffee for camp, kind of thing. Yeah. So AJ made good on that. There was a point that next morning when we hiked up. Um, AJ range. So we went up through this, you know, looking at the whole trip itself, like I want to be able to do hard things and we're going to get where most people won't go. Um, and we went up through this, you know, spot that was definitely 
like the closer the lines are on the topo, like, you know, don't think that that means, oh, it's easier to walk because it's not. It's just steeper. Just so everyone knows, like I knew that before going into it. And like a lot of the guys did too, but I'm like, ah, we'll just wedge our way straight up here. Quickest way between straight is straight lines. So we went up. AJ ranged Dale in front of him at one point in time, and he was at a 45 degree angle up with the range finder, like he was doing yeah. that through his piece. And uh, there was one moment where it, I, I thought to myself, I'm like, this really isn't that smart, Jake. Did we like, make the right decision here? <laughs> did I? Yeah, exactly. I was like, because there was one, like we were using our a tracking pole, like pulling each other up the rock face to get to Are the you next sledge to go up. Libre? Oh, bro. A hundred percent. I'm going into the wilderness. Probably <laughs> to die. To die. <laughs> uh, I freaking love it. That was uh, I just want to. I just want to salad or something. At that point, hundred oh, percent, dude. AJ, out of everyone who was there, AJ was the he was the golden retriever of the entire thing. Like I'd turn around, AJ would just be there, like I just hey, smile, big ass, like this green. Yeah, what's up? He's like. Where are we going now? Like I turn around, I'm he always had a big grin on his face. I'm the one in the back. Yeah, this is freaking stupid. Why are we still oh, doing? Why are we still? This was that was Jonathan. Definitely at a moment, he was probably cursing my name inside of his head. He was definitely having conversations in it. Um, but everyone had a good time. Like we got up there, That's we got cool. to camp, set it up. I was like, we got an hour and a half left before dark. I'm like, let's go up to this meadow, just kind of call, do a locator, see if we can find anything. We got up to this meadow and literally I, I let a bugle go. And then one bugled right off over into the ravine towards the like, little creek bottom. Bugled there. I was like, I turn, I'm like, I look at the guys like wanting them to get back. So we're on this edge of the meadow. I look over and here's four of them standing right out in the middle of the meadow. Just like, just I'm like, guys, like they don't know kind of thing. I was like, I literally had to walk up and say, guys, get your ass back. Like, let's come here. Right. And I said, we need to get into the shadows, like find, like find some, don't stand in the light. Right. Yeah. And so I positioned them all. And this is happening in a matter of really seconds. And I positioned, you know, it was Jonathan, AJ, and then Dale. And I turn around and I, I'm walking off. So I left them on this, this like wood line of this little meadow and I'm going to go bugle and I was trying to find a tree so I could rake, like just to create some noise and everything. And I bugled and chuckled. And as I chuckled, this bull cut me off bugling. So I didn't hear him bugle, but all of a sudden I turn around because I hear Joe and I look at Joe and Joe is down on all fours. And he's like, Jake, he's Joe's like 20 yards from me. And he's like, there's a bull. And I was like, huh? And I kind of look up. He's like, there's an effing bull. Like, he's just like, straight up. I was like, oh, and I look and here's just rack coming up into the meadow, like just dark. And all I hear is whack, go down. And I was like, literally everything happened so fast. Like, and then bull goes off crashing. Like this thing came out majestic. He was covered in mud, just got out of a wallow, all this stuff took off. I go up, Dale, I'm trying to figure out what all just happened, right? Because I literally turned around and all this thing, these things took place. And 
one, Jonathan was apparently like 20 yards standing in front of him, just like stuck like this range finding him. He's like just staring him in the hairy eyeball. Jonathan was between me and him. And then there was AJ who had no idea what he's like. He's I don't even know what to coffee, do. Bro. Yeah. Yeah. He was probably brew. He was, he was, he was brewing the coffee for the, the victory lap. Uh, and then Dale, Dale was the one who ended up sending an arrow and uh, pulled up. The reaction Dale had was phenomenal. Um, the, unfortunate enough, we were not able to recover the bull. We watched the video over and over and over again through it. The bull came up on Dale. It was 24 yards away, quartering to him front on. And Dale ended up taking, he's done the shot numerous times. He said, it's funny because he actually, and funny, but he's that morning, he said, I'm going to get a bull. 20 yards because we did like a little cap of like how the day is going to go. He said, I'm going to get a bull 20 yards frontal like this time kind of thing. Because he's done that before. He literally, I mean, spoke that into existence. But it was quartering to, to him versus being 100% on. And it hit hard. And all I can think about is what happened is he did not aim far enough back to get good vitals. And had it to where it went through a hollow spot and essentially hit the scapula on the other side. And in 180 yards, we we let him go. We let him sit throughout the night, all that stuff. In 180 yards, we found one drop of blood. And we literally grid searched that entire mountainside the entire next day. Um, it was just like, we, we even came back, we looked, trying to find birds, all this different stuff, like everything you could do in that position. You could definitely tell it like ate Dale alive um, for that piece. Um, and it was just like, you you never want that scenario, right? In any way, shape or form yeah. and in the heat of the moment. Um, there was a lot of good lessons that ultimately came from that. But the the aspect of like, the camaraderie, the community, everything of that experience. And honestly, like Dale's definitely, he's had a lot of time to think and reflect and all those different pieces. And now he sits with that kind of piece to where he has like a, a hunger to go back and ultimately make it right in that side. I firmly, I believe, I, I believe the animal went on to live. I don't think it was a, like a fatal shot itself. Uh, after watching the video over and over again and just kind of seeing the angle on things, Joe, who's done, guiding and hunting for a long time too. He ultimately said after, you know, like 10 hours of grid searching, like, he's like, I don't, honestly guys, like, I don't think that things actually yeah. passed. So hoping for the best in that scenario. Yeah. That sucks, so, man. That does yeah. suck. But, um, at the same time, like one time somebody asked me, do you, do you want that to happen when you're with your boys or when you're alone? Because there's kind of, and if you really think about it, you're like, well, I want my boys there. But then you're like, well, do I want to be embarrassed? And then it's like, well, do I want to be alone? Like, so friends have a way of comforting you through it. Um, mm -hmm. And so I'm glad you guys were there, you know, for sure. Yeah. Well, that's with that. It's like, if you hunt long enough and you're a part of it long enough, like whether it's a little twig that goes through and deflects a, an arrow or things of that nature, like it's bound to happen. You, you train. And I know Dale is a, he's a stellar shot and like he'd go through and make that shot in different areas. I'm sure he'd change some things since going through it, but no one 
hopes or wishes for that to happen right. in those areas. Um, but I definitely, you know, it, in that scenario, it's like you go through and you hunt. Yeah, definitely being there. I'm glad I was there. I'm glad I could share that moment because there was definitely highs and lows and there was definitely a bonding piece through that, just the struggle overall. But it was uh, the in the worst case scenario possible, it was still a, a great experience to be able to share those different moments with them. Yeah, absolutely. And that is too, you know, the lessons are a lot easier to learn when people are there too to help you point those things out. Um, you know, yep. because there's times where if it happens alone, you're like, oh, dude, I don't know what happened. She's dead somewhere. He's dead somewhere. I hit it perfect. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you yeah. have someone there, they could say, well, you know, hey, here's what we should take from that. You know, um, right. maybe you right. overcompensated for the angle of the way the elk was standing. Yep. Maybe you overcompensated for the height of the tree stand if you're in a tree stand, you know. Mm-hmm. And those guys mm-hmm. can help you learn from that situation. So, um, yeah, yeah. Before but, we go, man, tell us about the yeah. Experience More podcast. What's your uh, What's your mission there? Like, what do you do with that? Oh man, throw me on the spot. <laughs> the uh, give it to us. Not really a spot. Yeah, the um, I started that podcast um, to look at bringing people together and ultimately having good quality individuals within the podcast to experience more of the outdoors. Live a lifestyle allows you to experience more of the outdoors with the friends, the family, the people that you love to experience it with. Um, And I I believe that there are stories that can be told. There's methods, there's gear, there's tons of different things that ultimately allow us to go out and experience more of the outdoors. Um, You know, it's rooted in, in the living a healthy, fit, active lifestyle. You know, it is, it's something I've always wanted to do. It's funny, like how it even became or came to be was I've talked about a podcast and doing one over the last two, three years. And, you know, it's great to talk about it, but how about be about it? And to have a partner who enforces that upon you is a great thing. Um, I came home one random day from work and she just had a random gift on the counter and everything for me and a card that, you know, I opened it up and it read truth or dare. The truth is you've been talking about this for far too long. I dare you to actually go through and start it. And it was, uh, it was a, it was a mic. It was a blue mic. So it was a podcast mic with her and a little truth and dare to go out and actually start the podcast. Um, from that moment, I was like, all right, well, I need to make this happen. I went and talked to a couple buddies. Um, and I, I made, I'm a big believer in like accountability, back yourself up against the wall. And, you know, if you're going to do something, like tell the world that you're going to go through and do it to where at the end of the day, it's like, you better do it or else you're just a hypocrite. And told somebody, said, Hey, I'm going to start this podcast. This is when I'm, I want it done by just hold me accountable, make sure it happens. And the date was, I believe it was December 28th, just a random day. And (laughs) December 28th rolled around and my one buddy that I, or one of the buddies that I told sent me a text. He said, Hey, how's that uh, podcast going? And I was like, shit, son of a, and I was like, and I was like at six, 6 PM. I get this text message. I was up until two in the morning, figured out how to go through, got things put together, how to do like the, you know, garage band. Like I literally figured it all out. I just did a one-time shot, like straight through winged it for the first episode went on, hit it, sent it. And that was where it ultimately all started. Um, and I think about that as like, it's a good piece to it is 
surround yourself by good individuals who do yeah. hold you accountable, who, you know, push you to go try and do new things. Um, and that you can, you know, you can have great conversations around a campfire. Um, you know, you can go, go out and experience the outdoors, go hunting, fishing. Um, you know, it's, there's a lot of facets to it. I just think yeah. like there's so many things that play into experiencing more of the outdoors and I don't want it to just be my stories, but you know, like yourself, like I'd love to be able to go through, definitely going to have to have you on it at some point in time in the aspect of like, what's allowed you to experience more of the outdoors, you know, whether yeah. that's, you know, individuals you've had in your life, situations, stories, like there's a lot of things we can all learn from each other there. See, my introduction to podcast was a lot more fast and fierce, I'd say. I, uh, <laughs> and so at the time, I was filming a TV show from Osseo, and I get a phone call from a random person. They said, hey, this is, uh, this is so-and-so with uh, Powderhood. Um, and I was like, okay. And he said, um, I, your name was given to me because we've been told that you film a TV show <laughs> and that you're a preacher. And I was like, okay. I still didn't know where he was going with this. And he said, well, you yeah, film a TV show. This? Obviously, you're a hunter and you hunt a lot. And if you can preach, mm -hmm. that means you can talk. So we want a podcast. There you go. I'm like, okay. And I like, start this week. I'm like, okay. And so I did, yeah. started doing a podcast. And uh, it's actually this same podcast. Uh, Powderhook was a good yeah. partner of Bear Archeries. And, and um, Powderhook ended up getting bought out by the basically the state agencies that you buy your licenses from. So it was going to mm -hmm. become very political. Um, and so mm -hmm. Powderhook gave me the ability to take the podcast and, and make it my own. And, and I got very involved. And um, so all those old episodes were just done away with, erased and, and vanished because we wanted to start it under the Bear Archer name. But that's kind of yeah. how I got my start. And it just happened like a random phone call on a Tuesday yep. afternoon. And I was just like, sure. I guess. Hey, but that's what, that's one of those doors that just opens up. It's like the opportunity where it's like, you could have said no, but Hey, you know what? Door opened, you walked right through and here you are today. Yeah, it's pretty absolutely. Awesome. Now is the, is the first form gym open for anybody to come work out? Like, is it an open gym? So it's not an open gym to the public. Like it's not like a, Hey, scan in or, you know, just come in buy like a day pass thing like that. Um, definitely, you know, we don't, we have an open door policy in the sense of like, Hey, let us know ahead of time. Like if you want to come in to headquarters or, you know, be able to see the place, you know, learn a little bit more. Um, all we ask is like people reach out ahead of time, uh, to be able to go through and like set things up. We have a very high, high end piece of security within it just because Andy with his podcast and different individuals who come into the facility, um, definitely like say, if you wanted to come in, just, letting know ahead of time. All right, come in and be a part of that. You know, for ATA this year, I'm wanting to go through and put just like a community workout and everything together for everyone who's out at that. Um, you know, and just ATA kind is of put different things out. That, yeah, that's why. I okay. It's just because, you know, I'm yeah. sure a lot of people that listen to this podcast are going to be at ATA. So um, that's mm -hmm. what I was going to say is guys jump over and check out First Form if you're going to be at ATA. Um, mm -hmm. I can imagine the facility, just seeing what's behind mm -hmm. you and and what I've seen in videos yep. it seems like a phenomenal facility. So I can't wait to get in there and work out. Um, yeah. I've been told yeah, about leg day with Josh Carney. So that's going to be fun. Um, <laughs> <gonna> be <laughs> yeah, that would be, dude, 
Yeah. Well, <laughs> so that'll be an interesting podcast when we do that. <laughs> we're literally going to have, uh, we're going to have Josh Carney out to the next Pope and Young convention, uh, to just do a yep. comedy night, just stand up and make a yeah. slot for an hour. Dude. Um, guys, Dude. so yeah, yeah, it's going to be a good time. Where all can they follow you and where all can they find first form outdoors? Yeah, you guys, you can find just find me across the board at just Jake Arvold at Jake Arvold. It's A R V O L D uh, for the last name there. Uh, really there for Instagram, Facebook, uh, even going into TikTok, uh, YouTube, and then uh, the podcast, Experience More Podcast, and then of course the it's First Form Outdoors, just all one one word across the board on Instagram. Um, we have some stuff. You go on to First Forms YouTube. You can find different uh, First From Outdoors pieces and renditions in there as well. Um, but any of you guys ever have questions, any way, shape, or form, I can ever help or anything you know across the board that you're wondering about, you know, just even my journey in it or First From Outdoors. Don't ever hesitate to reach out. I have an open door policy, and I just want to be able to see people go out. Have fun with it. If you're in the St. Louis area, you can DM me, reach up there. That'd be that's cool there, especially as ATA comes along the line. Um, biggest thing is gonna just letting people know, letting us know ahead of time. So those different kind of security pieces come up. We do have building number two, uh, just got built. Building number three will be more of a community piece, and that'll be uh opening up uh early. 2024 as well. Now I'll have more of the community gym setting and all that. So very cool. Guys, if you're a traditional archer and you have not checked out Three Rivers Archery, what are you waiting for? Three Rivers Archery is your one-stop shop for all things traditional archery. They have the largest in-stock selection of, of traditional archery equipment anywhere. Same day shipping. Very, very, very knowledgeable. Listen, I use Three Rivers all the time. If I've got a question on tuning, if I've got a question on broadheads, if I've got a question on brace height or anything like that, I use Three Rivers for everything. They know the products because they use the products. Three Rivers Archery is by far the gold standard when it comes to traditional archery. So guys, if you're just getting into traditional archery, I would encourage you to use Three Rivers as a resource for knowledge and understanding and growing and learning. And as a place to get all those products that you're going to be needing as you take this journey. And guys, like I said, yeah. there's a link in the description of the episode. If you want to shop first form, click that link. And if you have any questions about what I use, why I use it or how I use it, like I said, send me a message, send me a text, whatever. Call me, beat me if you're to reach me. Oh, Kim Possible. So, um, Ron Stoppable. <laughs> yeah, you guys know where to find me at. So um, just reach out to me and, and ask me why I use it. What's my favorite flavor? Um, it's peanut butter. Through beer float. You know. Oh, uh, bars. Okay. All right. So anything yep, you, you want to know, guys, uh, if I don't know the answer, I know a guy who does. So, um, but guys, thank you so much for listening. You guys have a fantastic week.